Welcome to another episode of the Bitter Jury Podcast. Uh, I am your host for tonight, Richard. Um, we are at a loss of um, our our dear Daniel Westoff. Um, so we will get him back soon. Hopefully, maybe we'll get him back during this episode. Um, he's off doing his duties with ITA, so we miss him very dearly. But we're going to keep going because the show must go on. I'm joined by Sarah and Charles um, to recap however you want to describe um, what happened over the last week. So I'll go to you first, Sarah. How What word would you use to describe what happened this past week? Um, Carl, this is your chance to think of your answer. Atrocious. Great. Just absolutely atrocious. Charles, I'll go to you. Your your same question. One word to, to describe this week. You know what? I'm going to play my seniority card this evening in age and being on this podcast because I need to give more than one word. Um, I'm going to go all out phrase. I was convinced that I was going to tell myself that I was going to hop on here and drink dirt mixed with a little water because... That's how I feel about what's yeah. going to ensue in the finale. But you know what? I'm going to feel good about myself and I'm going to drink this healthy pour of bourbon. Um, so with that being said, my one word is dirt. Great. That sounds great. Um, Sarah, since I, th- I don't know, Charles, if you watched tonight's episode, but um, I'll let uh, you guys kind of explain what happened for the viewers, for the listeners. Sarah, go ahead. <laughs> and while you do that, one moment. Well, we started off with the end of the veto ceremony from this past week, which I actually didn't even watch Tuesday night's episode because I was just so peeved with everything that was ensuing in the house. I didn't care to see uh, I already knew who won the veto, so I didn't care to see him win it on the screen because he just has nothing but shit to say on the live feeds about everyone else in the house. Um, so tell me, because um, I haven't watched feeds for a few weeks now that you all know, and I'm assuming you're talking about Jag having so much shit to say. Um, like what's some of the shit that he's said over the past week? Um, specifically Matt, Jag and Bowie, um, you know, not in that particular order, um, have been going around talking this week about ways that they can make Sari and Felicia feel uncomfortable in the house. They have talked about isolating them, which they did. Um, They spent six hours, over six hours in the HOH room while Sari and Felicia were making them dinner. 
Um, they talked about, uh, Jag specifically talked about ways that they could like torture Felicia into not winning the final for HOH. They talked about, um, keeping her up to all hours of the night so that she was too tired to compete. They talked about basically like banging pots and pans, um, Wow. They um, talked about driving her nuts, making her feel like she was going to be evicted tonight, um, making her crack, so <laughs> to speak. And all I have to say to that is if you think, if you think that Jag, your scrawny, your scrawny ass, can make Felicia, who, um, correct me if I'm wrong, has been in the Air Force, um, survived a physically and emotionally abusive relationship, and has lived um, probably three times the life that you have, and you think that you can crack her. Honey, she can crack you in a second like a cracker. Oh, wow. Like, I just, it, it just, this whole week, and, and Bowie Jane is finally in the position that she's wanted to be in all week long. Or well, no, all, all week long, all season long. All she, season, yeah. she, she has wanted to be in with the cool kids, so to speak, all season long. And she's finally there. And I've never seen her smile more than I saw her smile on tonight's episode or this week. It is so freaking annoying. I can't stand the fakeness. I know. It, I don't even want to demonstrate the smile anymore. It's no. Because I'm so frustrated that she's even there. And not to cut you off, but, you know, in listening to everything that you just said about the live feeds and what they were saying and what their strategy was. Anyone who's listened to our podcast and then obviously, you know, those of us on here know that I am all for some deception, some intense gameplay, you know, chaos is a word that comes up, but there's a caveat for that for me. That has to be your game the whole time, right? Don't play this. Oh my gosh, I'm so nice and innocent. And again, I know I'm kind of contradicting myself. I know that's part of the game too, but like there's a difference in evil dick strategy and evil dick. Okay, I am going to look at you and call you a piece of shit. And I'm going to tell you that I'm going to be mean to you. He did that the entire game, right? Like his game was built around that. And that's why he was so dominating at doing it. You all are. I don't want to label this because I'm sure I could probably come up with competition, but this is the worst fucking final four I have ever seen in my big brother watching life. And the fact that you're now all high and mighty 
oh my gosh, I'm going to sit here and be like, I'm going to crack you because I'm so much stronger and better than you. To your point, Sarah, yeah, Jag, you ain't cracking nobody because you haven't done shit outside of when HOHs, when the best competitors in the house are now gone. <laughs> so, On top of it, to defend uh, Jag's position, he spoke about when he was evicted on a 10-0 unanimous vote, saying that that week he was bullied and that because of that circumstance, he is now allowed to make these older women feel this way. Yeah, um, for anyone, yeah, silence. And the looks on our faces right now. I, don't I mean, it. here's the thing. It's it, it. Here's the thing. It's in, it's it's when in the Big Brother game, <laughs> when your ego gets to you, like you have to walk in the house knowing this. You have to walk in the house knowing that if you think you're the big shot, like. There's, you know, <laughs> there's probably something amiss here. Yeah. Um, it's when the ego takes over that it completely washes out the character of a human. I mean, you know, weeks, six, seven weeks ago, we're talking about Jag talking about how he's a safe haven for people to come to, cutting to now when they're joking about how Felicia and Sari aren't athletes and how mm -hmm. they are completely incompatible to play this game and that they shouldn't be here and all of these things. And, and, and it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. And it, um, it's sad to see someone's character be shaken like that because, um, yeah, there's going to be some answering to do at the end of this. You can't just get with your crew and get away with whatever you want to get away with. Um, words have power. And words have meaning and what you say matters. And I think that Felicia and Sari are going to see things a little bit differently when they go back in. Yeah. Watch I mean, these weeks. you know, to the point that I made, again, just piggybacking off of you, you reiterated again, like if you come into the house, right, wanting to be the big shot player, again, I know, you know, this is a little controversial in the big brother world but like cameron for example like he came in that person there was no change there was no shift literally like come in as what you want to be you can't go from i'm a haven for everyone to talk to to i'm literally gonna shit on you <laughs> and just say fuck you i I don't know. And, you know, even going back to Jag commenting about him voting out to know, dude, you were only saved because of Matt. You did nothing to save yourself and overcome adversity. <laughs> like, okay, but how would you, you feel? How would you feel if you were the person that saved someone 
who eventually basically swipes the game out of your hands because that's what we're about to see. That's currently what we're about to see. And it's taught me something. It has. It's taught me something. If I were to ever enter in the Big Brother game, there is no way in hell I would ever save another house guest unless it were my, like, number, 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 number one person, ride or die. Like, I literally couldn't live without them in the house because we are, like, why would you give someone another chance to win the prize that you want? Why yeah. would you do that? Why would you even let someone else have an oppor- a second opportunity to do that? Agreed. Why? Because you feel bad for them? Like, no, that's not good enough for $750,000. It's just Save not. Save the power for yourself. And at the end of the day, like, I do feel a little bit badly for Matt because I do feel like he will kick himself for saving Jag when Jag uh, is going to stab him in the back this week. Mm. Richard, you hop in. I know you've been on your food hunt and are probably ravenous at the moment, but give us some of your feedback on this week because I can't wait. I love Richard's takes. They make me happy. I'm, the thing is, my takes might be iffy cause just because I don't know. Like I'm cranky right now. I haven't, I haven't eaten anything in the counter is now up to like nine and a half hours. So I'm starved. Um, so with that said, my takes may be a little bit more furious than they usually are. Um, I kind of made this little rant, um, or like before we started recording, I don't understand what overcomes you to make you think that you need to bully down a 63 year old and a, I, I don't know how old Sari is 50 something year old to make you feel better. And I don't know why they are such threats to you that you need to do. You need to go there. They are not threats. Sari strategically and socially is a threat to you physically. When it comes to these, Matt and Jack have blown it out. The water comp wise. Jack has seven comp wins. What the heck do you need to mentally break down that woman for? She's been in the house with you for a hundred days. She's mentally damaged enough just listening to you. Okay. Like, <laughs> come on. Get over yourself. And Matt, it frustrates the heck out of me. Like, he was a jerk this week, but he's yeah. a good playing jerk. Okay. I saw comparisons on Twitter that this trio of Matt, Jag, and Bowie is oh god i said her name matt joe matt jag and fbj are like this season's version of paul josh and christmas and (laughs) low-key i see it okay i can Um, as much as i to admit it since my boy paul's in there i could also see it genuinely like i'm really frustrated because i think if matt doesn't win this now that sari's gone if matt doesn't win this season this could very easily go down as one of the worst seasons in BB history. It I'm going to sit here and say it. It's it it's will. very mid. Right now it's very mid. You guys, it listen, listen, Saturday <laughs> Saturday, Saturday's the veto competition. If Matt doesn't win it, he's going home this week. Guaranteed. 100%. And no whoever honestly, and whoever can if take credit Jag, for that move, if, if Jag had won HOH tonight, maybe like we would be having like just like the smidgest bit of co- different conversation just because I don't know if Jag would be so like 
openly willingly backstab Matt, but when Jag's voting for eviction, like he he he's definitely gonna do it. So we'll watch and see what happens with Matt during the veto. That's what's that's when it's gonna matter because Bowie is not gonna put Jag up. She's not. She's obsessed with Jag right now. She's going to put Felicia and Matt up. I hope Matt, like, finds out about what's going on and decides to, like, mentally, like, exhaust Jag. I don't know how you do it, but you know what? I was going to say how, though. How? What what do you see that situation playing out like? Like, how does Matt make a stand? You know what I want? I want the veto to be an endurance comp. And with that said, there yeah, is Jack's there was there those. was a moment on uh, on Survivor that uh, now I'm going to bring some Survivor knowledge in here, where a player got very deep. I don't remember if he won the. I think he won the challenge because it was an endurance comp. And when I tell you, guy's name is Christian. Christian was like the nerdy type. Christian talked his way to a win. When I tell you, he stood up on that pole and talked. And talked and talk. even Jeff Probst got tired. <laughs> I would love to see Matt do that. You know, it's not gonna happen. This is all like just fantasy land. But you know what? I'd love to see it. <sighs> I just well, I just don't want Matt to go home. I don't I want my final my dream final two is Matt versus Felicia. Richard, you may have missed it, but Sari did tell Julie tonight after Julie asked the question, Sari, which game do you feel like is harder, Survivor or Big Brother? Oh, Jesus. What do you think? She said Big Brother, didn't she? She said it. She said it just to be kind to Julie and also because spending 100 days with those dumbasses is probably difficult enough. She said Big Brother was harder because there's no off switch. You know, there's no break. There's no this. And when did she no have an that. off switch in Survivor? You know, you know what, Sari? <laughs> so we'll have to see. Sorry, Sarah. We have our uh, Survivor purist on here who is going to take to the grave that Survivor is the best ever. Right. right so, right. okay. Right. I think. I, I think when you look at this season, though, spending 100 days with those idiots is hard enough. You know, you're not wrong. I do think we got a little bit of a dud of a season um, expecting what's going to happen in the next two weeks. I expect to see Dragon Bowie in the final. I think we need to the also, f- as we continue over the next week and a half, if, if gosh, it's probably not even a week and a half at this point. But we need to go back and listen to our draft recording. Oh God! And how fucking awesome we thought the season was going to be because there were going to be so many great players, and our drafts were amazing. And I'm always the one that brings this up because I was hurt that I did not get him on my draft team. But we all were fucking wanting Jag, and now it's like. Why the fuck did we like him? You know why? Because unfortunately, I'm gonna have to say it. He's caught. He's probably gonna win this season. Uh, 
He's going to be, he's going to be handed a check at the end of the season based purely on luck. I was telling AJ this earlier. It is completely unfair the way that he has been handed, literally handed this win. Like he was evicted 10-0 on a unanimous vote on a twist that was, that was made up last minute. Because Kirsten ended up being evicted after that who shall not be named <laughs> was redacted from the entire competition. Um, Kirsten should never have gone home and Jag should have never been saved. And that's how that should have gone. I would have loved to see more of Kirsten in this season. Um, but we were left with a weird twist that left Jag in the house, which was his first like lucky coin of the draw. But don't stop there. Don't <laughs> stop there. You had, because... a very, you had a very Julie moment there. Just by the way, like, the twist don't stop there. <laughs> Let's not stop there because Jag was if probably the first person in Big Brother history to have ever been able or allowed to play in a back-to-back HOH competition. Like we have never seen that before. That was a handout. That was a hand out the fact that they never told him that he had to throw that competition is absolute bullshit he would not be sitting in this final four if it weren't for him being able or for him being saved in that 10 to 0 unanimous vote and for him being able to play back-to-back HOH I'm pretty sure if Heisen were were able to play back-to-back HOH like he definitely would have blown that out of the water and no one would have ever seen him leave this house just like Jack Jack's won his way to the end because he's given (laughs) Richard got it (laughs) Richard finally got his pizza you guys that's great. Um, dang, I'm after I've long wait. I will, in fact, be eating something before I go to sleep tonight. Now I want pizza, Richard. <laughs> I know I've already eaten and now I'm hungry. Um, That's called me rewarding myself after the night that I just had. <laughs> so, but no, Ray, or Sarah, you well brought up a good point too. And I think we've discussed this briefly on another episode. And you saying that that's the first time that that's happened. Jag being able to play back to back because of the whole invisible, not invisible thing. Do you think this was one of those mo- unspoken moments where production tries to keep someone there? And it, yeah, I'm terrible with remembering names and events, but. You know, I brought up before that I remember these times where somebody gets evicted and they've caused controversy or they got voted out at a certain time. And then, oh, guess what? There's a battle back. So you're not really gone yet. Like you saying Mm -hmm. that Jag was handed that opportunity does give me that just like, why did he have that opportunity to play back to back? Like, why was it so important for him to stay here? And whether or not it was, directly production deciding that or not but has that ever crossed your mind too 
It doesn't make me think like Jag has like favoritism when it comes to production, but it does make me feel like production is not managing things well. Like if they were managing things, I feel like, you know, in the best way that they could, I feel like we wouldn't have seen Kirsten home. We wouldn't have had that random Jag save twist. And I do think that the ball was dropped a little bit when he wasn't told that he needed to throw that HOH that he was allowed to play in. We saw Claire was told that she had to throw the HOH that she had that she played in after a secret HOH that she had that she actually did keep secret. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's the invisible, not invisible. So um, she kept it secret and then she had to throw it. But Jack told everyone and everyone knew to the fact that they were joking about it at the eviction ceremony. And he was not told to throw it. So it, it's not like like and it's not specifically one person. Like it just sounds like the everyone's not all on the same team or it's not flowing, you know, come on guys, come on guys. Like (laughs) Richard, you're quiet. I know it's, that's uncharacteristic for me, right? It is. I need more. Like, what do you feel about that though? What Jack getting handed everything. Um, to me, it's just frustrating because, like, I've watched every season of Survivor. I w- I've watched majority of the recent, se- like, the most recent seasons of Big Brother. Like, everything 16 and later, I've watched pretty much through. And, like, I have a good understanding for this for a bunch of the seasons prior to 16. Um, and I've just never seen someone be given a second chance without having to work for it a second of their life. Like whenever someone comes back into a game, something had to happen, right? They like in Survivor, they've had to like dig through and find idols or different things like that. Like, or they've had battle back challenges and or they had to survive on this or that. And same goes for for Big Brother having to go through all those challenges. And I think that's why, like, I think back like to the battle back king himself, Victor, from what was that, 18? And I respect it a lot. He came back so many times, but every single time he had to work for it. He had to earn it. It wasn't handed to him on a silver platter. You could say, you could argue that challenges were made to benefit him, but there was still a chance, but he still had to complete the challenge and there was still a chance that he would lose the challenge, right? With this one, it was just given to him. And you could argue that it was quote unquote good gameplay, but at the end of the day, Jag was Matt's number one. It wasn't to the to Sarah, to what Sarah was saying earlier. It wasn't to that extent where it was like, oh my God, ride or die, I can't live without you. But it's like Derek saving Cody. It's like Will saving Boogie. It's like if you don't, no, it would screw. I, I know it was like to a lesser extent, but in the sense of like, if Matt didn't save Jag, I'm trying to think what other options he would have had besides Suri. Matt was still at the Riley altar at the time Jag was being evicted. Yeah, 
But who else did he have? But couldn't he? He also could have used it on himself, right? He could have saved it another week yeah. and used it on someone else and made an and who would you use? Who went? Who went the week later? It was um Cameron, right? No, no, mm. no. Is he? It was Izzy. Yeah. And that wouldn't have done him any good. Yeah, that's fair. Unless he wanted to win favor with Sari. That would have done him a lot of good and won him a lot of favor with Sari. Yes, but I'd like to put this point out there. If Matt wants to, like, I'm thinking of Matt at the time. If Matt wants to be one of Sari's ride or dies, yes, that would earn him a lot of favor. But what good would it do to get you higher in her rankings? To save the person that separates you from being her number one. Does that make sense? Like, I agree. I'm just trying to play devil's advocate. I agree that yeah. it would have done him a load of yeah. good. But at the same time, it's also counterintuitive because if he wants to be her ride or die, why would he save her rider, her current ride or die? Yeah, I see what you're saying. I do. But on the other hand, I see that while Izzy was in the house they were running things like they they yeah. i i do feel like they were so the, the matt Suri and izzy and that just group worked really well and yeah. would have done really well the continuation of running things without jag in the picture could have it's set us because- up for a completely different final four it's also just because Jag didn't contribute anything like me. What frustrates me about this all is that Jag has only me, contributed competitively. To, exactly. But to again, me, it's what frustrates at the me, end. It's okay. at the end. What frustrates yeah. me the most is just like Jag is now going to win off of moves that Matt made, that Matt came up with, right? But at the same time, I also have to say, if Matt goes home next, like if Matt goes home next, God forbid, Jag, in my opinion, is the best winner of the three. No, because I think Felicia is a better winner at that. I think Felicia is the more likable winner. I can't believe agree these with you words there. are coming out of our mouths. Okay. Felicia is the winner. Felicia is the winner that people would like be heart war- heartwarmed and okay w- and like happy that she got money. But like, okay, I genuinely, I genuinely just want to ask. Like, we know what Matt's done. We know the game that Matt has played. He's played a great game. And if listeners want to know what we think about Matt's game, we've talked about it every single episode. So let me ask, what to you guys is the actual moves that were made by the remaining three? What do I think the move should be? No, the what 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 moves do they have? Yeah, thank you, Charles. The silence is deafening. What moves there are do they have to get themselves to the final two? No, what moves have they made that constitutes them a winner, a good winner, if if any? That's what I'm saying. The silence is deafening. The lack of a response to that question deafening. I mean, there are reasons, but like, I just don't want to give them because I'm just so like peeved at the egotistical behavior going on in the house. You know what? I actually need you to give them, Sarah, because I I don't know what they are. I can't list anything. Let's go ahead and just put it into perspective for the final four. This is what all final four people have in in the running for them. 
to be able to win this game. <sighs> Jag has won a total of <laughs> nine. Is it nine competitions? I think it's remember? seven. Seven competitions thus far, Something which like, well, Proves him to people like Cameron and Corey to be like a strong competitor. He will take moves from Matt's move book, um, which will put him in the higher ranks with other people. <laughs> Richard, that looks so good. I hope there are people watching this at oh. some point because Richard just smashing right now i would love to just <laughs> a pizza right now keep, keep going keep going bowie jane <laughs> on the other hand she's now been given is this her third hoh so she is building up her resume she also has someone like cameron in the jury house who's backing her up joe uh but joey <laughs> bowie jane will ride on the coattails that she meant to be a floater at the beginning of the game but we all know that she walked into the rooms of every um in every room of that house and didn't know how to socialize herself amongst the groups of people so although we know better they might not moving on to matt who's had a couple power veto wins um really strong social game and really strong jury management and to felicia we have two hoh wins if one hoh win really only high stems. i thought she was cameron's hoh of at some point interesting anyways i think i've said it was this jared the, the first time oh, okay i see anyways um she's got one hoh win and i think she's got like a pretty good social game because everyone you know miss felicia so that's our final four lineup. I mean, it is, uh, it is, uh, it's, it's, it's not all rainbows and butterflies. Sure's, sure's not. There seems to be no hope left. <laughs> it's Matt. It's just Matt. It, it's just Matt. I, I was telling Richard this um, the other day. And it's on our survivor pod, ironically. I have a tendency of rage quitting Big Brother like I rage quit video games. And one of the seasons that I did that, which is why Richard in our, our group text earlier was like, I know not everybody here likes this guy, but Andy Heron. I did not watch his finale. Because I just knew going into it that someone, i.e. Andy, that I did not want to see be handed a check. I, I, I just did couldn't that. bring myself to do it. And so I, I remember that. my friend, a friend of mine was like texting me the whole finale and is like, oh, gosh, like, are you watching this? And I'm sending screenshots of me playing a video game and literally just like not giving a fuck. I'm pretty sure that's going to happen to me this season. Like, I know. If it's so my, by some to... grace, Matt is able to get into, I will watch because he, I 
truly feel like he is deserving, those other people absolutely are not going to get my viewership that evening. And I know that I mean nothing in the grand scheme of the millions of viewers, but this television in Lexington, Kentucky will not be watching if Matt is not in those final two chairs. So actually, I'm glad you brought up Andy because I do want to get like on this pod your guys' opinions and just our the three of us our general reaction to the tweet that Andy Heron put out um, earlier today, and then the response. So just for the listeners and slash viewers, I'll uh, read what he tweeted. Quote. I'm sorry, but it is actually such a testament to how horrible of a player Bowie Jane is that she may go the most days never being nominated of any house guest in history and still has a and she still has a zero percent chance of winning. Truly impressive, <laughs> atrocious gameplay. Hate her. Triple exclamation mark. Hashtag BB25. Someone responded saying that they weren't paying attention very much uh, to which Andy responded um, and basically asked Andy what made him not like her. To which Andy responded, quote, I've never seen a player so unable to think for themselves. She has never made a single independent decision the whole game. Also, I'd like to make, uh, let it be noted that Andy's new Twitter bio reads Bowie Jane hate account. So. I will go first and I'll throw it over to you guys. Um, I was not the biggest fan of Andy Heron. I have to admit, though, I do respect his game on BB-15. I actually really agree. The only part that I don't agree with is the 0% chance of winning, because now she might actually, the way the way she does, in my opinion, if she can take ownership of the mat eviction, that'll be major points. Um, With that, like, if she, honestly, if, if Bowie Jane can get herself to sit next to Felicia at the final two, Fair play, but I will say, welcome. I'd like to say, uh, before I give my immediate response to Andy's tweet, um, welcome to the game, Bowie Jane. It's uh, it's taken us about a hundred days, but I'd like to welcome Bowie Jane to the game of Big Brother. Oh, wait, uh, welcome to finally wait, doing something. Wait, wait, I'm sorry, I'm actually confused now. Bowie Jane's playing Big Brother, no. or is she I would just say, like, no, 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 I think no, no she's uh, she's she's not playing. Like no, she's fangirling right that now. That was that was maybe joke, not right? maybe not playing playing, but like welcome to the, welcome to like actually doing something in the house rather she's than just a being bot. a fly on the wall, throwing in your two cents to every conversation you so damn you so damn. I'm place. actually convinced she's a hologram. That's I you know would what? Still not say she's playing. She, no, oh no, oh, no. this is That's this is the second version of twist. Sam's robot from BB20. It's, it's a new fucking twist at the end on the finale. Julie is gonna say. We have another twist for the first time. She's been Big playing Brother this game history. from Australia. We're we've starting had, it all over. We've had a hologram playing in the house the entire time. And no Yo, one. AI. AI is doing great things. AI is doing big things. <laughs> but no, oh, let me let me get back to um the point at hand. Um oh gosh. I I mean, I just we're making fun of it. But it proves how true Andy's tweet is. This woman has not done shit. And I find it fascinating that she is a fan of the game, but has not played the game for 100 days. Like, Okay, the three of us were fans of the game. I bet the house, I bet every dollar I own that all three of us would have played this game 
so differently and better than Bowie Jane did. All you had to do was open your eyes. Okay, I understand the strategy of wanting to, like, be a quote-unquote floater. Like, not fully, but, like, I understand the will to be hidden, not a prime target. But guess what? There are other ways to not be the target than to just not play the game, period. And usually good floaters are great social players. Yeah. Because they're able to float in between the middle ground, be on both sides, and this is the active word in this sentence, actively participate in what's going on. Right? Like, you literally won HOHs that you were trying not to win, and you freaked out and looked like the deer in headlights. (gasps) I did not want to win this HOH, and I really think that I'm going to make a power move because I don't want to make a power move and get blood on my hands. Can, Thank can, you. Can I, like, can I say, I genuinely think Matt has done a pretty good job of that because when you look at his game in the pre-jury, he actually was working with two sides. He worked with Sari. He worked with the, what, what they call them, the handful, whatever was left of that. And... <laughs> he did very well of not making himself a target. He, he was not a, he was never a target up until now. Realistically, he always had someone to throw the blame on, but he still, like you said, Charles, very vitally was actively a participant in discussions and strategizing. And that's what makes him a threat. The reason why I will not extend that to Jag is because a Jag was clearly a fucking target because he was a limit. He was evicted 10 to zero. And he just did not do a good job. Of my he did not do a good job of playing the middle. He wasn't a floater. He was cl- seen clearly as on as being on one side of the house. I still think you could be seen as one as being on one side of the house while still maintaining a low threat level. But Jag didn't do that. Jag was very clearly up there. He was never threat number one, but he was always a threat. You know, common enemy enemy being always, you know, Cameron or frick knows who, you know. Which also made the season boring because there was always, you know, um, a mutual target for the house. Which is why Charles probably snoozed through this entire season. Again, I know you all did not like Cameron. Like, Oh, I liked him. But, like, Cameron made the game interesting. Like, he went against everyone who was actually playing. He played for himself. Well, he played for Red, you know, before they kind of parted away. Like, chaos or not, like, you are playing Big Brother. And I agree with Sarah. Like, you don't need to be, like, racist or whatever in order to win the game you can be mean you can be evil you can do whatever but he actually played the game the entire time for me and as you all know too like watching him be evicted like i didn't cry but i wanted to cry because it's like it's a great move for everybody else because they got rid of the one guy that's actually fucking playing the game 
But then as a fan and a fan of the game, I am sitting here just legitimately angered because someone playing the game got put out because of these bullshit people. Like you I'd like to make a comparison. Suck. To me, call me out if you if you disagree. I feel like Cameron was a younger, more aggressive Donnie from 16. Came in, opposed everybody that was running the house, created chaos, saved himself when he needed to. That's fair. Made the game more interesting. Every time yeah. Donnie then saved himself, there were more layers because now they had to eliminate one of their own. And like it just made the season, in my opinion, it made it 16, which yeah. was a fairly boring season, yeah. granted, a bit more exciting because now that Donnie wasn't an option, yeah. Who do they have to sh- who do they shift to? Yeah. Well, and here's, you know, I don't know if we've talked about this directly, but let's think about this, right? Regardless of if you agree with me on if Evil Dick's a good player or if Cameron's a good player or whatever, any feed, any Twitter, whether it be Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, wherever you look at these things, wherever you are looking at feedback on the show, right? Everybody's getting riled up about the controversy and about the mean people and about all these things. Like we are watching these shows because we want some sort of emotion to be evoked, right? I'm not going to watch Big Brother if I have to watch which I just fucking did. So I'm kind of upset about it. But if I have to watch an entire season of Bowie James and Felicia's and Jags, that's not good. That's not good reality TV. And so whether you agree with Cameron's gameplay or not, like you watch for the people like Cameron, because you now feel some kind of way that makes you want to get online and makes you want to comment with other people and makes you want to read and agree or disagree and get into and engage in all these moments. And that's where I get pissed about seasons like this. Like the people in this fucking final four, except for Matt, because I do like him, did nothing. It was not good for TV. It was not good for gameplay. Like, Obviously, I'm talking about you now, but I'm talking about you because I feel like I need to invoke some sort of emotion in that, right? Like, you did nothing. And there are admittedly good floaters in the game. But if you are someone who all you do is smile and then enter a room and make a, like, passive joke about, oh, I guess we're going to vote them out today. Okay. (laughs) And then nobody fucking responds to you. And then you win two HOHs that you were not even trying to win because you wanted to fly under the radar. Like, you do not deserve to be essentially a millionaire because now with all your appearances and everything else you're going to get after the game, you are now a millionaire. You don't deserve that for me. And that fucking angers me, right? Anyway, there there was my Richard moment for the night. Yeah. And and I'm gonna and I'm gonna kind of continue it. Um I I just had a point I wanted to make, and I feel like I would love for whoever's listening to this to also give our survivor pod a chance because I think this is one downfall of having live feeds and doing 
a show that is done the way the big brother is because in survivor, I feel like you get much more likable final threes and final fours because the thing is, okay. A, they are great players credit where it's due. Like I don't want to discredit anybody that's made a final three on survivor. It's difficult. And majority of them are great players. You get the occasional floaters, but every show that's guaranteed because you're dealing with people that want to win a million dollars. So why wouldn't you take a floater with you? But I think just the downfall is we've we've had to watch a hundred days of your Felicia's of your Bowie Janes that are more freaking boring to watch. But with Survivor, editors are able to make a story and make and like captivate you with a personality. And I would love to see Big Brother tap into what Survivor does a little bit more and what we just talked about on our episode that we just recorded the other day, Charles. Flashbacks. So Survivor does these moments where they talk about a person's journey and their personal life back at home. And what it does is it allows the viewer, it allows the audience to connect with a player, to invest themselves in a player, to be like, wow, this dude is awesome. One of the ones we saw last uh, on last on the last Survivor episode was a guy overcoming like and, and losing a lot of weight. Right. Another one in one of the secret scenes was a got was Sifu talking about being adopted and what that's like. And it's just these humanizing moments where you really get to know the person behind the game. And it, and I feel like something like that for Bowie or Felicia would have for like Bowie especially would have made her more popular. Like just to hear about a little Maybe. bit of a life story. And just well, like she something lied about her age her. and everything like that from the start. So everything that she had to do from there was just but she's lies. 20, but Bowie's 25. <laughs> 35. Told, 35. She told, no, she told people she was 21. She's like 36. She's 25 and she told people she was 21, right? <laughs> I don't even remember. But no, like I think <laughs> I think you guys know what I mean. But like Edit like Survivor with their editing, they're able to put things together to make people look. Some people I feel like will come out of Survivor looking like a better player than they were. And you can't hide that with Big Brother because everything's on a live feed. We can sit there and watch everything. And there are people that do. God bless them. You know, whoever's running those Twitter accounts, God bless them for survive for for going through all of these, you know, like honestly. Anybody that watched the entire season, I mean, all the live feeds, they deserve the three quarters of a million, you know, <laughs> um, but maybe CBS should do that to any person who watches 97 percent of the live feeds in a season. You get one hundred thousand dollars. Well, yeah, I just think. I just think this would this would have gone this season would have gone a lot better if if. I don't know if you had editing, if it wasn't, I feel like that's why we feel like this was so bad because it dragged on for so long and nothing happened. I don't know. I kind of, we because Sarah's a bit of a feeder. She's not watching. Yeah. I, I'd love to hear Sarah's day. opinion. Yeah. On this. I want, I want to know how Sarah feels about that. Actually. Have you watched any survivor Sarah? <laughs> <laughs> you guys uh... I am listening to constant updates on Big Brother, back to back, back to back updates and roundtables and 
all of that next week after Big Brother's done, I'll have full focus on Survivor. Unbelievable. But she no, that's why that's why I think that Sari said that Big Brother was a little bit of a harder game because like you just said, there are cuts and stuff like that that can make people become sweetheart players and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, she Sari knows she's has, getting... Sari has always been a sweetheart player. And so she knows that she had to turn that on 100% of the time for all of those 93 days. She never had... Sari never had an off switch. So I'd like to quickly her, counter before I... Sorry to cut you off, but, but like I'd like to quickly slightly counter before it goes back to you. <laughs> I want like I wanted people to realize that with Survivor, they have cameras on them 99% of the time. So it's it is like an anything you say could be used against you. So like uh, here's where I'll play devil's advocate and be both though, but more on the side of Sarah. You do have to think because I asked you this question, Richard. Um okay. they're also on. not in a parking lot. Yeah, but like, but no, I asked Richard the question and he did not like that I asked this, but I was just trying Go to put it in perspective. Yeah. You know, they're out on this island. Obviously, as human beings, we have to take care of business, meaning that we have to evacuate ourselves in some form, right? And in me thinking about this, right? And just thinking and going... <laughs> Richard literally was like, I don't think about this, but I think this is a good point um, to Suri's point on not being able to turn it off, right? Cameras are on you 99% of the time. Like you said, Richard, you're here on Survivor. I asked you as a Survivor purist who is all in, who's watched every season, you know everything. I asked you like what happens when they go to the bathroom. You didn't know the answer to that. Because why big, would they blast someone no, taking but, a shit on national but, TV? But, but 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 again, like Big Brother, we know the answer to that. And to Sari's point, because it's a house, you is, have a toilet, Charles. No, but seriously, but like this is the most like no, literally the other day they were yeah. talking about how Felicia was running to the bathroom saying, like, oh, I yeah. I got a cheese. <laughs> no, but like, but seriously, like you know, to the point, like. This is one of the most vulnerable points we are as, as human beings. Like we're pants down, we're on a toilet, we're doing whatever. Like, but in Big Brother, that's still a part of the game. A live feed is still getting your conversation while you're in the bathroom, showering and taking a shit and taking a piss and all these moments. Like you're still mic'd up here. And you may be mic'd still up, mic'd there. up in Survivor, and, right? And the, you may be mic'd up there, but like you don't see that, and you don't get that hardcore. I still have to be on while I'm fucking pissing and taking a shit because there's five other people in the bathroom trying to have a conversation with me and making an alliance. Now, again, I haven't watched Survivor to know, but like from what I've seen, like you don't see those moments because, truthfully. If you're behind a tree somewhere, even if you're hidden, I could still come to you as a player. And I feel like maybe that's the thing that Ceree's touching on is like, I can't even go to the bathroom and not play the game because 
people are literally playing the game in the bathroom. And that's where it's like, you know what? I know I couldn't do Survivor because, again, I'm going to be a little bitch. And once I get two bug bites, I'm going to be like, yep, sorry, medevac, get me the fuck out of here. But again, like Big Brother, it never, ever, ever turns off, even when you are at your most vulnerable. (laughs) I'd like to quickly say before I go back to Sarah, I want to make this disclaimer. I am not here to say whether one show is easier or harder. I have not played either one, so I have no opinion. It's like comparing baseball to tennis. Like you know what? They're both hard in their own way. Huh? I've played them both. I win. (laughs) Great. Thanks. Thanks, Charles. Thanks. Flex master fucking five thousand. Um (laughs) we we've we found the ego version of Zingbot. Um I just just yeah, I I want to make that disclaimer. Like we like this is just uh, like the super fans' opinion, you know. Like it's just I'm not here to say one is easier or harder. Like I said, it's it's like comparing baseball to tennis. They're both hard in their own way. Totally. But yeah, Sarah, I'll let you go back to what you were saying. <laughs> oh what? <laughs> Sorry, we uh, took a we we took over Sarah's statement. Sorry, Sarah. Sorry. But is it like uh, you just saying like um, Sari saying that it was uh that she that she never turns it off and I don't I don't know. But I mean, what we didn't get, which I would love to get, since this is a tan- since we somehow got here from this, is your opinions on what Andy said about Bowie Jane. Um, I agree. And right now I just have like big problems with Bowie Jane because I just feel like the whole season she wanted to be with the cool kids, you know. Now that she's there, she's like a schoolgirl, um, like a literal schoolgirl. Um, and it's just it just doesn't sit well with me. It just doesn't sit well. It doesn't sit well. If I can, if I can it ask then, just well? so for you to elaborate, like, do you <laughs> think what Andy said under, like, like, do you think it, like, do you think it was generous to her? Do you think it was like he should give her more credit? Do you think it was spot on? No, I mean, I, I, I mean. Listen, like Miss Felicia did say something this week about, you know, Bowie Jane having a chance to win in the final two. But, but that's I think Felicia. At, that's at, fee. Yeah. At the end of the day, like, no, I don't think that Bowie has a fighting chance in the final two. No, I don't. So um, if that's the question, then, yeah. No, I completely agree with the statement that was made that Bowie... Has I do agree that she has not made any moves of her own. Now that she's with the squad that she wanted, she makes she has been making every move that they have wanted to make thus far. I mean, America was right during the jury segment in this episode. Like, if she thinks that she can win against Matt and Jag, like she's completely brainwashed. And that is just yeah. If Bowie Jane wants a chance at winning, she needs to sit herself next to Felicia. Yeah. And and she needs to be the one 
that made the moves to get rid of both Matt and Jack. I think those moves would be enough to at least hit a bare minimum on what constitutes a winner. Not even a good winner, just the bare minimum of what, of what constitutes a winner of this game. Yeah. And like, I'll, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, no, I'll just say I'll answer really quickly just your question in direct um, response to Andy's post. We need, we need one, we need to get Dalton back on getting us some interviews because I feel like this will be a good moment for Andy and I to bond because I have said that he's not my favorite. But now you know what, Andy, if you ever randomly listen to this or we get Dalton to connect with you, we must have a drink together because your words, your words just spoke to my soul. You literally have a person who admitted that they did not want to win HOH when they won the first time. And even though she never said this to my knowledge, I'm pretty sure she didn't want to win the second one either. So now did she want to win this one? Okay. We're not talking about this, but like, yes, this one, but now it's like, you have someone who literally at points of the game should have been putting an effort into winning who did not try to win, who literally, again, as Andy said, just went with what other people said. So it's like, I didn't want to win this HOH. So now I'm just going to go let someone else tell me what to do so that I don't make anyone angry. Like you've, done nothing it infuriates me as a poor man that someone like this is now potentially going to be a millionaire like absolutely not richard i'm sorry go ahead i'd like to say and here's here's my argument as to why felicia should win over bowie jane okay Bowie Jane has won three HOHs. Yes. But how many... So so usually when someone wins HOH, you can make a claim that whoever went home that week was at your hands, right? Okay. Name one one of the two Bowie Jane HOHs that she was the one that made the the decision of who was going to go home that week. Both of those HOHs were influenced by other people. Nope, nope. I have it, Richard. I'm sorry. I can Let's actually rebuttal. I, I can rebuttal you here. Let's hear it. Yeah. Thank you. Um. Oh wait, I can't. <laughs> there we go. Wes, I better keep that pause in. Um. <laughs> I think using the when when I saw you sit back, we both knew where this was going. Um. For me, with Felicia's one singular hoh. You can at least argue that she was a contributor and someone that actually ha- like was one of the spearheads for Heisem going home. Yep. She was part of that discussion. Whereas Bowie Jane, like you mentioned, Charles, just comes into the room, does her stupid little smile, and adds like her two cents. I not wish even I had two, big tail. Not even oh, two cents. Not even two cents, half a goddamn cent. Um, Charles, that that smile is too kind. It needs to be more crazy. Um, thank you. Um, it's just a matter of like 
at least Felicia to me was part of conversations <laughs> in her alliance. That's amazing, Sarah. <laughs> but yeah, like I just think at least Felicia was included and an active participant in conversations when it came to who they were targeting that week, right? When it came to Bowie Jane, she did not like she didn't add anything. There was no fire. It was just yeah. dead. At least Felicia was a part of it. You know what? And I'm going to take a random sidebar. I'm really upset at us for not deciding to do a Halloween episode in which we all logged in as our favorite version of Bowie Jane. No, 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 no. I would not have done our favorite version of Bowie Jane. I would have done our favorite player, but hell no. No, no, no. Favorite version of Bowie Jane. I almost did a Cereban tonight, but I just like, just like it wouldn't have been the same. I don't know. I, I, maybe it's because I was a little heavy handed on my bourbon tonight. And that with a combination of missing last week where I feel as if I had many, many things to say. Also, I don't know what Richard is doing right now. I have. Wow, he is a survivor buff. My survivor buffs. Wow. Because if you are calling me a survivor purist on this podcast, because I am going to go full survivor purist, my friends. Because you are. Um, wow. Wow. Hold on. We're we're going to pause here for a. Uh, Word from our sponsor, Survivor, as Richard. <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. gosh. Anyway. He's there. But back to what it's I was like saying. It's like he's there on the show. I don't know if it's the, the bourbon that I'm drinking this evening or that combined with me missing the conversation last week. Like, I am just so fired up and frustrated with what is about to happen with this season. And I feel that way. I've felt that way the past few seasons and it really, really, really infuriates me. I don't know what my big brother future entails, but I think I'm going to have to stop watching the show and welcome to survivor. (laughs) But no, sir. I mean, you know, we've kind of been all over the place tonight, but, you know, I think everybody obviously knows who the final four are, um, even though we haven't really targeted that. Um, I don't know. Like, I'm just so another friend of mine and I may try to beg her to come on next week because you all would love her to death. <laughs> you all would love her to death, but. I texted her earlier tonight during the episode and she's kind of like me. She literally replied and said, I have not watched the show in two weeks because this shit is stupid. I'm just watching everything on Reddit and reading posts. I don't know. Like, are we all in agreement though? Or am I just on a soapbox right now? In, In terms of what point specifically? In terms of anger, there's no point. It's just pure anger yeah. over yeah. 
the I don't four. know. I don't remember the last time I was this mad at a final four. Like even Jackson Mickey season, at least you still had like uh no, not Holly. What's her name? Um damn, what was her name? Nicole. At least you still had like Nicole and Cliff to 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 have some hope in. You know what? You just referenced Cliff. Cliff, we did an interview with you. Cliff, what do you think? What do you think, Cliff Hogg? We need if Cliff Lift listens to this, I'd like Cliff to understand that him and Nicole were like my last hopes on that season. And once they went home, I stopped watching. Did you listen to our interview with Cliff? It was pretty fucking mm-hmm. good. Sure did. Pretty good. I, I listened. I listened to to as much of that podcast as Sarah watched the Survivor episodes. So, Richard. Wow. Wow, he just put you on blast for our millions of followers right now. The sass is coming out, and it's as and it's in response to this to this Big Brother season, you know. On blast. Okay, let's wrap this up because it's getting late. (laughs) Who do we think Bowie Jane is going to put on the block this week, and who do we think is going to win the veto? Final thoughts. Matt and Felicia go on the block. If God is good, Matt wins. Jag goes up. If God is good. My hope is that Matt understands that he is the target this week and that he needs to get rid of Jag. Charles? Bowie's going to put up Felicia... I'm going to play devil's advocate and say that she's going to put up Jag because there is somewhere, and I can't believe I'm saying this. Oh, my gosh. Maybe I'm only saying this because this is the amount of bourbon I have left. Oh, oh, you all are getting ready. I'm going to say that at some point, Bowie Jane, who has finally somewhat decided to play the game, is going to tell herself that she should try to make a power move and should try to put her boy Jag up so that she can say that she got rid of someone strong. And And I ask, is she that smart? Again, I told you, I'm digging. I'm, I'm digging for this right now. This is... This is me to just play devil's advocate, even though I don't believe that it's going to happen. But I'm going to say that something's going to turn on that has not been here for 103 days by the time they do this or whatever, that she's going to say, oh, wait, Jags won a bunch of competitions. So I'm going to put him up and I'm going to put up Felicia. I don't think she's going to be smart enough to put up Jack and Matt. So Felicia, Jag, Matt is still going to find a way to squeak into the final two. And I have some hope of actually spending my life to watch the finale of Big Brother. I hope you're right. I hope you're right, too. And what if, the only uh, thing that matters this week, I think that it's uh, an easy Felicia Matt nomination. But the only thing that matters this week, the nominations don't even matter. It's nope, the veto. And what about what about you, Richard? What do you think? 
I said I think I think it's I think it's Matt Felicia, and I hope Matt wins the veto, and and I hope that he's smart enough to know to get rid of Jag. Just to me, what 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 scares me is that if Matt wins the veto, if God is good and Matt wins the veto, is he smart enough to vote off Jag, or does he take the shot at Felicia? That's what scares me. For Matt, for Matt and Jag, it is so good for them for the other one to be out because they will be the last physical threat remaining, and you know that one of the final comps is an endurance comp. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's she said. Mm-hmm. I I hope Matt understands how important it is that he get that he wins his veto and takes Jag out. I sure hope so. And and Sarah, did you give your take? Yes. Did you cut yeah, you out did. for the entire uh, thing? You know what? On that note. No, again, time, I'm just I'm angry. I'm angry. On that note, that's all the time we've got this week. If this is a crap episode, you know what? Blame it on the crappy players left in the house. All right. This (laughs) episode was not crappy, by the the way. One of my faves. Huh? I said this episode was was not not. crappy. It was one of my faves. But it is all the time we have for this week. So we thank you guys for listening. And come hang out with us again next week. Goodbye.